Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey, everybody, what's going on? It is Jason. We are playing a dangerous game today. We're trying to record after lunch, but before our kids get home from school. So who knows what's going to happen? Dangerous. That's the only way we know how to live. Fast and loose. (laughs) Board game mechanics. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. But it's true. Like, I am a little nervous. So I don't want to belabor. I don't have anything fun to say. We have a big episode. Um, So let's get right into news and crowdfunding. Uh, I've got a couple really interesting things from Kickstarter today. The first is um, like a game I played over this past weekend. Um, I don't know what the brand was that I played, but it was one of those puzzle mystery kind of games, which I love. I think it was Catch a Killer or something. I don't Hunt Down a Murderer. I don't know. But this game seems maybe a little similar. It's from Diorama and it's called The Vandermist Dossier. And so this is kind of where you are playing the detective that is following in the footsteps of this young amateur detective who's hoping to follow the footsteps of her, of her dad. And she ends up um, disappearing. So she leaves these clues for her sister to follow. So I think you're kind of maybe playing like the sister. I'm not sure. Um, but everything is analog in this. And it's like real like evidence like you can touch. Um And this is from like an old missing persons case out of uh, like a 1970s Dutch village. So there's like newspaper clippings and letters and a map and um, puzzles to decipher. It doesn't have like rules or a time limit or anything or like don't open this until you've solved this. It just has all this kind of narrative um, justification that moves it along, which I think is super cool. Um, I didn't. I didn't watch the spoiler-free review because I don't know about that. But it looks like there's lots of really cool type things in there like that look like real paper. And um, they've like got these little hidden puzzles everywhere. And um, the original Dutch version, they said, has two sequels actually to this one. So if all goes well, they were thinking about translating those as well. So it, it looks cool. Like... It really looks cool. Um, so if you like um, solving things, looking at like a decoder wheel and newspaper clippings and town maps and, you know, figuring that stuff out um, with a group, it's really fun. This sounds like something you should check out. So the Vandermist dossier from Diorama, there's only four days left on that Kickstarter, but it's only 48 bucks for this first mystery, which I think is actually a pretty good deal. Yeah, not bad. I was actually looking at the uh, page while you were talking about it. And I did see, though, that shipping to the U.S. is 22 euros. So that's like 28 bucks or something, America. Yeah, because you get like this big, like weathered archive box or whatever. So it's all part of yeah. the presentation. So it looks cool. The presentation looks really neat. It does. Well, if we want to go a little smaller, my next one fits that bill. Um, this is from Flat Out Games, who have brought you such things as Cascadia, um, Overlord, Overboss. What's the name of that one? That's that one you hated, right? Overboss. Yes. Yeah. Overboss. <laughs> um, and there was one more. Yeah, uh, Calico. Calico. Yes. So that group has made a new game called Verdant. 
Um, and so this is a game about plants, which I think is kind of cool. And it has the similar feel from those other games where you're drafting a card and a token. But this time there are two different kinds of cards. You can draft a plant or you can draft a room plus a token. And I know I had some people have talked about how Cascadia was kind of hard to score. And this might be similar, but you're scoring a little bit differently in that you've got a home that you're setting up and you're kind of alternating between plant and card rooms. And then you're adding um, like pieces of furniture and um, pets and nurturing tokens to your rooms to go next to your plants. And so there are scoring bonuses if you match a plant next to a room that gives the right kind of light for it. Um, if maybe you put a piece of furniture in there that goes with the room, that goes next to a particular plant. Um, there are little nurture tokens that allow you to kind to gain some points in, in different ways if you're attending to your plants. It looks cool. Like I, I, I've liked those other plants and they have like a ton of actual plants with information, like real information on there. I think um, you can get a bunch of, there are like 17 more plants, I think, in as a Kickstarter promo, but you get 124 unique plant cards. So if you like plants or if you just happen to like any of those other games that Flat Out Games has done, I would definitely check out Verdant. Um, there are five days left on that Kickstarter. And the best part is base pledge, $29. Yeah, the price point on this is amazing. And I'm, I'm sure it's fine because all the other flat out games are good. My only thing that I saw about this one, it has the like paired drafting like Calico where you take a tile and you take right. a token. I don't I don't like that. I, I don't know. I don't I don't like that. It feels and that makes it feel too much like Cal or, um, uh, Cascadia to me. So I don't know. I, I'm struggling with it a little bit. The only thing I like about this one is that you've got two options. So you've got your tokens in the middle and your cards on either side. So you've got plant cards on one side and room cards on the other. So you can choose if you want to take a plant card or a room card plus the token. So I like that there's a, a variety of that. The other nice thing is for $29, you get like these leaf shaped meeples and like the components look really good too. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's nice. They have good production, so yeah, I have no doubt. And also, um, the art is by oh my gosh, Beth, just Beth Sobel. Beth Sobel, and so it's really pretty. I think it's neat. So if you like plants, I would check out Verdant. Twenty nine bucks is a pretty good deal. My last one is completely different, but so fitting for the Halloween holiday season. And this game is called Reap. Um, it's by Jason Anarchy, who has apparently created lots of like funny type games, and this actually looks like a good game <laughs> maybe compared to what else i don't i'm not i don't know the other ones but the first game he mentions is drinking quest and i'm like oh well that says a lot his name's jason anarchy i mean how good can the games be i mean really i doubt that's his real name but <laughs> right his real name is jason wiseman he's canadian though so i feel like he must be nice yeah well, probably true it's just i don't know about these other games and, but this and scared game, of the dark Stop. Eats Tim Hortons. This game looks interesting mechanically. So the interesting background is that he de wanted to develop a game that kind of made light a little bit of death because of all the death we'd seen because of COVID and stuff. And he just wanted to say, like, F you death and make fun of it. So that's why he developed this game. So in this game, you get to choose a little Reaper meeple, and they're really cute. They're, like, just shaped like tombstones, but they have the little, like, skeleton face and then his little, like, reaper scythe in his hand it's 
they're pretty pretty cute and you get to pick like these spooky player screens and then you get three skull tokens and so then you also get these you choose a soul card that goes um no, you draw a Reaper card. Reaper card goes behind your screen. Reaper cards have three actions. You can reap, sweep, or keep. So you place your Reaper token out on this little grid of souls, soul cards. So you're going to reap these souls. That makes sense. They're different types, different colors, that sort of thing. Those come in handy with your Reaper card. You can sweep as a Reaper card. And what you can do is you can get rid of a soul card that's out there and replace it with a new one. So it could foil someone's plans because they might want to keep the soul card that they're on. And the most skulls wins the soul. Ties cancel each other out though. So you can put multiple of your skulls on the keep part. Um, And then there can also be combo options. Like when you win a soul, you can win any adjacent souls the same color which is pretty cool. Also, um, on your different Reaper cards, you can get bonuses, um, bonus like that count towards your your skull count um, based on the color that you bid on. So you don't really know what people's bids are. and Or you can reap, and that's where you kind of mess with other players. And then you can move, you, what you when you reap, you move your Reaper meeple to an adjacent soul. And so you can kind of surprise other players who might be bidding on those souls. They didn't think you were going to bid on it because you didn't put your token there. Um, Just like a little hidden movement, light, fun game with some card bonuses. It's got cute, adorable artwork, even though they're Reapers. That's adorable. They're really, really cute. (laughs) I got to tell you. Um, It reminds me in some ways of Demon Worker because it's like, oh, you know, the Grim Reaper and these souls. But it's like adorable anime artwork and it's it's just cute. So you try to win souls. You're trying to get the big combos to win extra souls because the first one to nine souls win this the game. I it's just adorable. Yeah, I'm actually I'm actually interested in this one. It does look really fun. <laughs> I was looking at it while you were talking. If you like that game, if you like that interesting theme, if you like the idea of like hidden movement, um, funny little themes. Um, there are, I believe, six days left on this Kickstarter. And when I clicked on back the project, it said it was $31. But in the actual campaign, it said it's 29 hmm, I wonder if it's like a tax or something. Yeah, I don't know. So possibly 29 and or $31 for Reap. This is cool. I, like, I like that concept of trying to basically gather souls for points. But people don't know what you're really trying to do. Mm-hmm. I think that is super clever. And I... Yeah, I'm interested in that for sure. Yeah. So that is my Hickser news for the day. All right. So because the episode is going to go on with like three times as many games in our feature, we're not going to do a games played section today. So sorry, but we're going to be talking about a lot of games. So maybe you'll get your fix on that. Because even when we talk about games played, it's still just games that we're talking about. You didn't play them. So what's the difference if we're talking about games we played or just games we like? (laughs) It's all the same. So no games played for a while because we're going to be doing our top 100 games of all time for a while. So just a little disclaimer there. So when we look at our top 100 games of all time, we use of all time and people are like, didn't you do this last year? Yes. That's because every year we find new games, new games show up at our door, we play them at cons, whatever. And so our lists change. Now, you will see some games continue, 
but they rise and fall. Actually, I was so surprised when I made this because I'm looking at my top like even 200 and from 101 to one to 200, I'm like, these are all games I really like. But my top 100 were all games I really like too. So um, we like to do this because it helps us kind of look back at the games we've played, remember them, think about them. It pulls new games back to our mind to play again that we haven't played in a while. And we hope it helps you maybe discover some new games for you to play. So this episode, we're going to cover from our top 100 games. We're going to start at 100 and go to game number 91. And Jason and I have very different rankings, I have to say. Yeah, I mean, that's should be no surprise to anybody. But yeah, um, when I rank my top 100, I the two like we do I we rank ours we put all we take all of our games played and then narrow down the ones that we know are not gonna kind of break the top two or three hundred and then put them into the pub meeple um, ranking system shout out to them and then we export them and then rank them so when I see two games that come up to rank I think if the if someone presented me these two games right now which one would I pick and so my guesses are based on what I feel like playing right now, as well as like two player only games or solo games would rank way lower for me because I like playing with people, but that's a little bit different for Jason. So Jason's going to start us off with his number 100. All right. So my list is way different from last year. I have games that I really, really like up into the 400s. So that's, uh, that's interesting. But anyway, we'll just talk about the top 100 right now. Your list is fake news, always. It, it is fake news, you're right. I'll probably be making changes, it's fine. Just don't tell anybody I said that. Um, my number sure. 100 is actually a party game, sort of. It's like a gamer's party game, because there's no way you're going to just play this with people who don't play games a lot, because it's kind of complicated. And that game is called Ladies and Gentlemen. That's from the company Libelude, I think. I don't know how you say their name. But sure. it's a it's effectively a, a partnership party game where you're going to be playing in teams of two. There's going to be a gentleman role and a ladies role. It doesn't matter who takes that role. There's just different sides of the game. The gentleman side is going to be working at the stock market or the stock exchange, whatever. And they're basically going to be trying to flip some tokens to collect different sets of tokens to make some money. Maybe get some stars because at the end of the game, you want to have stars. The ladies are trying to go shopping, buy clothes, only allowed to have certain types of brands because you can't have too many because it's not allowed to have the best dress to wear to the ball to score the most stars. I believe I've never played the lady side. The best outfit with the most stars. So it's a silly game. You're playing over, I don't know, three or four rounds. Every round's going to play similarly. But as it goes on, the lady has to pass their cards to the, to the gentleman to pay for the card. So the gentleman needs to decide, do I want to pay for this card? Do I have enough money to pay for this card? Or can I put this card in layaway? Or do I just tell the woman to go away? She's too expensive. She's not getting that card. So you're trying to keep track of what they've passed you before so you know what you could buy, what you shouldn't buy. And also maybe getting into the roles a little bit and just being ridiculous and having a good time. So it's fun. It's silly. And if you can find a copy, I would recommend playing it. You won't be disappointed. So my number 100, ladies and gentlemen. This is a good game. I don't know if it ranks higher for me. I think it might be lower, but I like this game a lot. My first game is totally different. It's um, has got hand management, set collection and worker placement, area majority and influence, all kinds of stuff. My first game is Gugong. Um, I'm not sure who put out the version that we have, but Game Brewer. Game Brewer, yeah. Okay. That's the only one, I think. Okay. Really, it says publisher, game brewer, plus 10 more. I don't know. In America, I think that's the only one we have. 
Okay. Um, so this game is based on going around China to the emperor's kind of area there. And you are wanting to get into politics with um, by offering gifts. So you're doing this by going to different places and you have a little hand of cards with numbers on them. And in order to play and place one of your workers at at a particular area, you have to play a card that is higher in value than the one you receive. So what happens is you play a card and you take the one that's there. So it's really strategic on where you can and where you want to put your cards, um, as well as where you want to go on the board. And there's all different areas. You're helping build the Great Wall. You're sailing through the Grand Canal. You're getting jade. um, You're like riding, like traveling through China on a horse. There's intrigue. This little thing that looks like an egg, but I think it's supposed to be like a mask or something. Yeah, like a kabuki mask or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, and you have to climb the steps up to visit the emperor to get an audience with him and putting that together just to get victory points. There's a lot of cool stuff in this game. It's really pretty. I, I love the components. Um, it's just a fun game. The only downside and why it's so low on my list is because at two, no bueno. It's it's not it's not really good at two. And I was the first time we got it from Kickstarter and played it, and I was like, this is so sad. Um, but any other at high at like four, ooh, this is good. You can also play it solo, which I've never played it, but it plays up to five. It is great at three and four, um, just not at two. So my 100 game is Gugong. I have played it solo. Even solo is better than two. Okay, two is just bad. Yeah, it's just bad. So my number 99, I believe, is the first time it's ever been in my top 100. And <gasps> it's it's surprising to me. It's a great game. And it's probably up here just because we played it a lot this year. Mm, so we have. That is the Shipwreck Arcana, or Arcana, however you say it. And this is a, a, a deduction game where you have these number tiles, numbered one through seven, and you're trying... You're, on your turn, you're going to draw out of this bag. You're going to draw two tiles. You're trying to use these cards that are laying out on the table to give people clues as to what your second number is. Because you're going to play one of those tiles down on the card. The card you play that tile on is going to have an effect. And then the tile that you play down there is also going to play some kind of clue to the other people. And they're trying to guess, is your card one through seven? You're going to have a little number line in front of you. You can flip them face down when they start um, whittling away so people can understand you guess wrong, you move up the doom track, you guess right, you get a point. You're trying to get to, I think, seven before the doom track hits seven, and that's effectively it. It's, it's a little deeper than that, but at its heart, you're using cards for clues and trying to guess one of the numbers. Uh, it's really good. It's easy to teach. Some of the, the cards are a little vague, so you got to kind of interpret those a little bit, but really good game. So I like it. So my number 99, Shipwreck Arcana. This game is super good, and I also love the look like the production's good it's got these really nice tarot sides cards with pretty art in fact i like it so much i'm sure we'll be talking about it again later yeah i have no doubt (laughs) my number 99 is a game that's a cool mix it's basically a pick up and deliver game but it uses trick taking to determine play like turn order and the direction you're going to deliver in and that game is tricky ties um this is a really fun game. Like I like pick them and deliver games, um, but sometimes they can seem a little like samey. Like, oh, we pick this stuff up, we go over here, which is yes, pick them and deliver. I get that. But here, like you are playing a hand, 
um, before each round of movement of picking up and delivering. Um, and depending on what suit is led is and who wins it is who gets to do kind of a specialty move with one of the little um, these sea monster type things that kind of give special actions. So that's cool. Also, then that determines who moves first and then the cards based on the number show what direction on like a compass that you can move on this other set of cards that shows islands um, with resources and places to deliver. The art is really cool. It's like, um, gosh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's a lot of sepia. It is. And so it's it's like kind of old-fashioned looking. Um, it has this cool, like an old map, like treasure map feel to it. I, and it combines two really easy mechanics into one really fun game. So uh, my number 99 is Tricky Tides. Yeah, it's a good game. Not quite in my top 100. It's number 118 for me, but I do like it. All right, so my number 98 is a game that has taken a little bit of a fall. And by a little bit, I mean like 80 spots, mostly because we didn't play it at all this year. We haven't played it for a while. But every time I think about it, I really want to play it, and I remember how much I like it. And it's called Trakirian. has a subtitle, too, but we're just going to call it Trakirian for all intents and purposes here. And this is a game about putting on the best magic show in like the, I don't know, 30s or 40s or something. Um, You're doing some programming with some cards. You're going to do some worker placement to go collect goods to make your, your magic trick. And then you're going to be sending your people out to the stage to put on said magic trick to score a whole pile of points. And you're just trying to be the person that has the most prestige after like six or seven rounds or something. Again, it's way deeper than that, but that's the gist of the game. The artwork is, has that same old school look. Kind of like Tricky Tides, it still has a lot of gray and tan and fits the theme pretty well. And it takes up a huge space on the table which is also hard to get it out because everybody's going to have two, three, four player boards, depending on what they do. And it just takes up a lot of, a lot of space and set up. And it's hard to explain part of the reason why I don't play it more, but I do like it. So number 98, Trickerian. I can't believe this is this low for you. I know it's, it's crazy. I like, honestly, it's probably because we haven't played it. I, I really do think that. I think it might be higher on my list actually. Well, we already said that my list is fake news. So we it's true. That. My number 98 is actually a two-player game, which I can't believe that there's one this high. But this game was really cool. We got a preview for it. We got a Kickstarter version. Um, It's so interesting. And this game is Lawyer Up. So Lawyer Up, it's asymmetric two-player card game. One person plays the defense and one person plays the prosecution um, in a court case. And you, so, you know, Lawyer Up, okay. Um, so you are then presenting these cards that are going to influence the jury in certain ways that you're going to have like juror members, you know, come up cause you're calling witnesses, um, and like trying to chain together cards that have like some of these symbols together that they will earn you influence as far as swaying the jury goes. It's just a really neat idea. Um, it's really cool. Uh, this is from Rock Manor Games. I've never played anything else like it before, um, which I think is why it's so high. So my 98 is Lawyer Up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My number 97. Uh, I'll probably why'd talk you, about that. Why'd you say it like that? <laughs> because I'm going to talk about it later. Now, just trying not to say that. Okay. Um, my number 97 is a game that is pretty new to us. We got it in September for my birthday, and it's called Venice. I really like Venice. It's a pickup and deliver game that's pretty crunchy. Um, there's a lot of other mechanisms about like people moving around buildings to make the building stronger. When you go past the building, the guy in the building will throw cubes at you to put in your boat. 
Um, if you cross another player's boat, you're going to get like some intrigue. And if you have the most intrigue or whatever at the end of the game, you get arrested and you automatically lose. But at its heart, it's a pickup and deliver game with some really cool gondolas and really nice art. And I like it quite a bit. Hence the reason it's my number 97, Venice. I think I like it more than you. Just saying. <laughs> That's what you say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, then I yell at you. Yeah. I don't get weird. I just make a <laughs> casual comment and move on. My number 97, I don't know this really deserves to be this high, except because I haven't played it that much, but I think the potential is there. And I love the components. So my number 97 is Yamatai. This is a Days of Wonder game. And true to Days of Wonder fashion, it's gorgeous. And you know I can't resist a Japanese-themed game. It's so pretty. Um, the components have these really cool, um, like, Tori gates and, uh, like, temple buildings. They look awesome. And so you're kind of, you're placing ships to move from these islands to build Tories and buildings on them to get some specialists, to get money, all those things, um, to get the most points. It's just so pretty. Um, I think the idea of making like this chain of boats to move you along on uh, through these islands is really neat. And I, I, I don't know. It just speaks to me. So my number 97 is Yamatai, and I like to say it. Yeah, this is a good game. It's not my top 100, but I do. I still remember playing it, and I like the way it looks on the table. It's just so fun. Yeah, it's a good game. Uh, my number 90, what are we, 96 is a game that uh, has also had a great fall. It was up higher last year, and it's called The Quacks of Quedlinburg. No way is this your 96. Yeah, I... The ultimate list said so, but again, I something happened to my list. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I I love Quacks, like I, in my opinion, I thought it would be higher, but apparently not. Um, Quacks is a push your luck game where you're trying to make these potions to score a pile of points. You're pulling chits out of a bag, and if you get too many whites, your pot blows up, and you bust. If you don't do that, you get some points, all that kind of thing. You're trying to just end the game with the most points. It's really good. We have both expansions. I like both expansions. I like playing with everything because I'm crazy. Um, it's just, just a fun game. If you like push your luck and you like silly themes of being a quack doctor, making some medicine for people, you need to check it out. So my number 96 quacks of Quedlinburg fake news. It's like, I don't even know you anymore. Oh my gosh. You saw me do the thing. I did the thing. And then this is what I think you were sleeping and just hit the button. Like (laughs) I I honestly think that might've happened a few times. Right. I don't, I don't, what, this is messed up. Nobody listen to Jason's list. He's wrong. Mine is the correct list. My number 96 is a game we actually backed on Kickstarter. So take that all you people who are like, you just should pay for it like the rest of us. We do. Um, so this game is Tattoo Brawl. I love the idea of this theme because I don't think it's used often enough. So you have your tattoo parlor, and the boards are super cool. So everyone has their own personal board, which shows their tattooing room. Um, You've got a waiting room and a place where, and a a tattoo chair. Um, You've got these two um, places to load up ink to use in your tattoos and a place to set your tattoos. Um, Each person has like a certain specialty, like you would um, if you're a tattoo artist, like their own specialty. So there are certain types of tattoos that you're better at tattooing. Um, Certain places on the body you're better at tattooing because your different clients will give you that. So you get more money 
uh, for your specialties, more money on better placement. Um, and it also takes time to complete tattoos. You can complete ones you're good at faster. Um, there's just so many thematic elements in this game. It's just, I, I mean, like, that's what I love about it is that everything makes sense with the theme. You're like, oh, I know what I would have to do here because, of course, I've got to wait time. Of course, I've got to have this right kind of ink. Of course, I need to, you know, this person is going to give me more money if I give them my specialty. Like, it's really cool. So it's just really um, just basically card play, um, resource drafting, um, kind of and then contract fulfillment, but with a really super cool theme. So my number 96, Tattoo Brawl. Yeah, this is a good game. Not my top 100, but I do like it. Uh, Well, your top 100 doesn't make any sense anyway, so. That's true. So it doesn't matter. So we'll just say my list is completely arbitrary. I'm just grabbing games and putting them in an order. How about that? That sounds what it's... It's not even in an order. It's just wherever. (laughs) Just games. (laughs) So number 100 could be my number one. Who knows? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, my number 95, or whatever number you want to assign to it, is a game that someone who listened to us sent to me as a gift, because I wanted the first edition so bad, and I couldn't find it. Well, I could find it, but it was super expensive. And this game is called Predator. No uh, way this should be this low. No way. Well, we haven't played this for a while, and the last couple times I played it, there's always been somebody at the table who's been moaning and whining about it. I think that kind of tainted me a little bit. I'm not going to mention his name, but his name Brandon. begins with... Yeah, and then it begins with Brandon, yes. <laughs> so maybe that's what di- what did it. But I think if I played it more, it'd probably be higher. Uh, this is a game about... It's a worker placement game where you're trying to build a fashion empire. Effectively, you're getting... You're building onto your, um, your fashion building. You're getting contracts to help you accomplish some goals. And you're ultimately trying to design pieces to enter into the fashion show of pieces will be a certain type a certain color so on and so forth you're trying to score the most points i.e money by selling the best fashion set that you can in the fashion show rounds again it's a lot deeper than that but at its heart you're running a fashion empire trying to score the most money uh it looks really good it has great art uh the gameplay is pretty simple once you get it down but some people just don't get it and i i'm probably bad at explaining it too so i think that doesn't help so i'm not going to put all the onus on them but I like this game. It's good. My number 95, Breda Porter. You're right. It is good. So good that we probably won't hear about it from me for a couple of weeks. It better be like in the top 20 after all that crap you just gave me. It might be. It's a, probably <laughs> at least top 30, I think. So my number 95, appropriately where it should be, is a game I can't seem to get away from lately. It's spooky. It's Halloween themed. It's been featured as an $8 buy at good old Ollie's Bargain Superstore. And that game is Bring Out Your Dead. I love Ollie's. (laughs) You would. So Bring Out Your Dead. It's a game about trying to get your family members buried. Everybody's got their own color coffins. Uh, You got a cart for each turn. Only so many coffins can get on the cart. So you do that by doing kind of simultaneous action selection where everyone has the same amount of cards or same numbers of cards, same numbers on cards, really. Um, Except you could get some different ones. But for the most part, everybody's got the same number of cards that allows you to put one coffin, two coffins, or draw a specialty card. And you're playing two of those, two, three, three of those each round. Three, yeah, three. Each round. Um, if you, there are not enough room for your coffins on the cart, they get tossed into the river, which will give you negative points. And then when you are actually burying the coffins off the cart, there's some area majority and influence for points as well. It is silly. It is oddly 
made by Upper Deck, I believe. I think someone else took yeah, it over up, now. Upper Deck, yeah. Upper Deck. Um, Ginger Ale Games took it over, but Upper Deck really put this out, and which seems so weird. But this is a really fun, funny, tongue-in-cheek themed game. So my number 95 is Bring Out Your Dead. Yeah, number 120 for me. So I'm not far off from you on there. All right, so my next game, number 94, I think fell a little bit because I haven't played it this year at all. And that is called Tapestry. I really like Tapestry. It tracks the Euro game, although it's been bumped by a game which will show up later that is now, to me, tracks the Euro game. Um, You're trying to move your little cubes up these four different tracks. They represent military, science, exploration, and something else. And um, you're just trying to score the most points. Uh, you're going to be taking over control of this little map area with some pillars. You're going to have a couple civilizations maybe. You're just trying to score the best you can and do the best you can. Uh, there's a little bit of dice rolling. Not too much, but effectively moving a cube, taking the action, doing the thing. It's a really good game. It's not a civilization game by any means. It's just moving tracks, doing the thing. But I like it, and it's fun, and I'll gladly play it at any any player count more than two because two is not that great. So my number 94, Tapestry. I have no idea what's going to be in your top 20. I, I have no idea. It's going to be so, like Clue and... Uh, Mall Madness, apparently. Monopoly. Yeah, I think Mall Madness might be up there. <laughs> <laughs> my number 94 is... Um, oh, what's the... What's the... What's your game game? And it is brutal. And this game is Zhongguo. Uh, Zhongguo is set in China, if you couldn't tell, and you're trying to like help unify the empire through all sorts of public works and political intrigue. Um, but you don't want to work people too badly or they get mad at you and want to revolt. So you're helping, you know, build on the Great Wall some, you're like sending out emissaries to different towns. Like there is just a lot of stuff happening here. You have very limited turns. It's so tight, but oh my goodness. Like it's so interesting of a game. And honestly, it's this low because we don't play that often and it's hard. It is hard. As much as I like to burn my brain, whew, this one really gets it, but it is good. It is worth it. It's definitely, if you want to challenge yourself, I would check this game out. My number 94, Jongwo. Yeah, this game is terrible to teach, too. I played it uh, with Brandon once. <laughs> ah, no bueno. That was a uh, mistake. <laughs> it, it, it's it's rough. It is rough to teach. Uh, my number 93 is a game I like quite a bit. Uh, we actually have an expansion that we haven't played yet, which could make it go higher still. And it might have been higher last year. I don't know. Last year's list probably fake news, too, so who cares? My number 93, <laughs> Istanbul. I really like Istanbul. This is a... You're moving your worker around this grid of tiles, and when you get to tiles, you're trying to effectively get gems. It's a, it's a race to five or six gems, depending on the number of players. Um, and the way you're doing that is by trading in goods, um, spending money to get gems, going visit to places and get, get some gems, be the first person to do some things to get some gems. Just a race. But the way that it works is interesting to me. I like it. Um, it's just fun. So that's why it's on my list. Number 93, Istanbul. I don't know where this is on my list, but... It, it's it's a good game. Um, I like I this it, more than you. I think I've always liked it more than you. I think you do, but maybe it, I, there were some that I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a good game. And I feel like I rank it higher just because in my mind, I know it's a good game, even if I don't want to play it. That's weird. <laughs> that is weird. <laughs> I never want to play this game, but it's my number one game of all time. <laughs> that's not true. 
for number one at least. Uh, my number ninety three is another Days of Wonder game that has really awesome production and pretty artwork. And at first, I didn't think I liked this, but the more I play it, the more I f- figure out how to play it my way, the more I like it. And that yeah, game I was going to is- say, talk about fake news for me. Good night. Oh, shut up! Listen, Deep Blue. It's Deep Blue, everybody. Okay, before Jason rudely interrupted. I was not into Deep Blue because it is a pressure luck game, which I don't, I, I like, but I don't love as much as Jason. And so I was like, ah, just not pressing my luck. I don't really like to do that. It makes me too nervous. But the last couple of times we played, I have really focused on the card play because you're also kind of building in some ways, I don't want to say an engine, but almost like a deck for yourself of cards of different um, other explorers and sailors that will help you um, get more out of dives. And so not only are you collecting things that are going to help you if like you run into a shark or you are getting low on air or whatever, but it's also giving you more points per different type of gem. Because when you dive, you're pulling out of a bag, different colored gems. Um, The cool thing is you don't always have to be the one to initiate the dive. You could jump in on someone else's dive. And so that was kind of my role was to jump in on everybody else's dive and just get a few things, use my the cards that I had managed to collect in my hand and then jump out while the getting was good. Um, because you're trying to get to be the wealthiest diver, which is collecting money from your different types of gems uh, that you get from dives. It's really fun because it's stroke of luck. It's You're also kind of exploring different tiles to see what's under them. Um And you are doing this cool thing where you're building these cards in your hand, but once you use them on a dive, they're basically spent until you take a turn to get them back. So that's just a cool mechanic. And the more I think about it and play it, the more I like it. Uh, So that's my number 93, Deep Blue. Yeah, I like this game a lot. Um, again, I'm not going to keep saying I saw my list or it's not because, again, I have no idea. And my list it's sucks. probably number 400 so, or something so weird. It probably is. <laughs> but I really do like this game. And I'm the reason that we bought this game because I thought it looked cool and I love Pusher Luck. All right. So my number 92 is actually a cooperative game. I don't know how many cooperative games I have. Probably not a lot because I don't like a ton of them. But I do like this one. And that one is called Marvel United. And I think part of the reason this is on here is because we played it a lot. I played it a a bunch of times two players which i think is actually really good uh we've played a few of the expansions which are fun i actually have uh my buddy let me borrow the infinity gauntlet which i haven't quite i haven't not quite i haven't yet played but i want to it's just a really good uh cooperative game you're playing some cards and you're trying to basically rescue um civilians at locations fight thugs at locations ultimately you need to rescue a certain number of civilians and uh free up a certain number of locations so you can start hitting the bad guy because the goal of the game, you have to kill the bad guy before the bad guy hits their um, in-game condition or they knock you out or kill you or whatever. Um, it's not the most difficult game in the world, which is part of the reason why I like it. Because I don't always want to play a cooperative that slaps me around. I do like them, but not everybody else does. So playing me. one of these. Yeah. And playing this one, is it's a little more family friendly. Most people can play it. It's easy to explain. It's easy to teach. And it has a welcoming theme, a more welcoming theme because everybody's familiar with the comic books and marvel movies and all that stuff so my number 92 marvel united my favorite part is that it's got chibis art and so your little characters are all these little chibis and even the bad guys are adorable because they're little chibis i love it <laughs> that's true yeah it has minis too people so get off me calm down fake news all right 
My number 92 has awesome artwork, but in a totally different way. Um, it's from Keymaster Games, which I love a ton of their stuff and their art. And this game is Campy Creatures. So I love Campy Creatures because it uses like classic um, old school monsters like the creature from the Black Lagoon and Alien Invaders and King Kong. I love that. And it's another simultaneous action selection game, which I think is great when you're playing with a lot of people and you all have the same set of monsters. Each monster has a different number and a different power. And so you're trying to capture these mortals that are worth different kinds of points um, for each round. And so you're doing the set collection that way, but then you're also choosing, okay, do I go first? Am I going last? Because there are some humans that are actually negative points to you. Um, you don't want too many, or you want a certain even or odd number of some types of mortals, which is really fun. So choosing which number you want, some monsters knock out other monsters, make... Um, allow you to go in front of others, allow you to exchange cards. Um, it's just a really fun, yet pretty, like super easy to teach. You just pick one of these cards and then you follow what's on the card. Like that's pretty much it. But I also love that old kind of spooky movie theme. That is why it is my number 92, Campy Creatures. Yeah, this is a fun game. And probably my favorite part of the game is actually the way it looks because the art is really good. So my 91 and the last one that we're going to talk about this week for me is probably the newest game that we have. I don't know if that's accurate, but we picked it up at Origin, so it's fairly new. Yeah, we'll just go with it. It's the newest game on the list. Um, and it, it is <laughs> called knows? Arch Ravels, and it's from XYZ Game Labs. Uh, this is effectively a game about people who like to crochet and knit and just make things. And you're trying to collect different types of different colors of yarn. And you're going to be making some items and you're going to turn those items into projects. Like I may need two hats and some two sets of gloves to give a project to this person to score some points. You're just trying to build or not build, make things and use those things to score the most points. There's a little bit more to it, but it's effectively that you're collecting things to turn them in for other things. It's really good. It has really good production as a game tray that holds everything to make setup super quick. Adorable art, cute theme, and it has a cute little cat meeple, which is also fun. So my number 91, Arch Ravels. Yeah, I like this. I don't know where it is on my list. Um, well, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Um, <laughs> my last one for today's episode is an old game. Not the oldest game we have by any means, but this comes way back in 95, you know. When we were listening to boy bands and... Nobody was even alive then. Come on. <laughs> Plenty of our audience was alive in 95. Um, and this game is Mystery of the Abbey. This is basically if Clue and Guess Who had a baby, it would be Mr. the Abbey. This is a Fadudi and Serge Legette, who I also like. And it's another Days of Wonder game. Okay, apparently this is my Days of Wonder list. Um, in this game, it's deduction. You're trying to figure out who killed one of the monks at the Abbey, and you have a score pad of different monks. They have different orders. They have um, different ranks in their order. Some wear hoods. Some don't have hoods. Some have beards. Some are clean shaven. Some are fat. Some are skinny. All these kinds of things. Um, you then move around the Abbey. 
you can ask questions when you run to someone in a room. But the thing is, everyone hears your question and everyone hears the answer, which is different from Clue. And you can ask all kinds of questions. Um, so knowing what kinds of questions to ask to get information but not giving away too much information um, is really key or to know when to take a vow of silence and not answer someone. But if you do answer the question, then you get to ask one in return. So lots of information being exchanged. Um, there's a couple cards in there that you don't have in Clue that allows you to get other information to change things up. Um, you can go to confession and get extra cards and things. And then every so often, you um, have to meet back together in the sanctuary for mass. And there's an event card that changes things up too. And you pass cards around. Um, another interesting thing about Mr. The Abbey is you don't just either win or lose. Like if you are the first one to make the right guess, you also get points for making um, declarations. Like maybe you're like, I know that the killer is bearded. And you can get points for that. So you could make several points for that. Um, and then maybe get more points than the person who gets the accusation right. I, I just, I love deduction. I think this theme is really fun. It's way out of print. Sorry, everybody. I don't know how we managed to snag like a rando copy somewhere. I've since, we've since laminated all the, like a bunch of the sheets, character sheets, so that they will never go away. But if you can get your hands on this game and you like Clue and stuff, it's so fun. So my number 91 is Mystery of the Abbey. It is definitely a good one. Um, I would rather play this over Clue any day of the week. It's good. Yeah. Do you want to recap your 100 to 91? Sure. Let me talk about my fake list here. Um, <laughs> it is. So my number 100, after I scroll up, okay. My number 100 is Ladies and Gentlemen. My number 99 is The Shipwreck Arcana. My number 98 is Trakirian. My number 97 is Venice. 96, Quacks of Quedlinburg. 95, Preda Porter. 94, Tapestry. 93, Istanbul. 92, Marvel United. And 91, Arch Ravels. And my number 100 is Gugong. 99 is Tricky Tides. 98, The Two Player Lawyer Up. 97, Yamatai. 96, Tattoo Brawl. 95, Bring Out Your Dead. 94, Jungle. 93, Deep Blue, 92, KP Creatures, and 91, Mystery of the Abbey. Yeah, so you guys can listen to this and see whose list you like better. Probably mine because it's more real. Ah. Uh, <laughs> no, but that's that's 20, no crossover there yet. So that's 20 good games right there at the very low part of our list, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, so um, let us know. Did you find anything new? that you're interested in, intrigued in. I mean, we're not forcing your hand to go out and buy games, but we certainly are all helping, all for helping people um, fuel their addiction or bring more people to the gaming table. So you might find something that you think someone in your life would like and maybe you're gonna give it a shot. So tell us about your games. If you've never used the um, Pub Meeple ranking system, Give it a go. Give us your top 100. I would love it if you would rank your games and then give us your top 110 each week um, and keep up with this so I can see what games other people are playing. You'll notice as we go along, Jason and I will have a lot of crossover because we play games together and we own games because one of us <laughs> likes them. Um, 
So for that reason, we love to hear from you guys what you guys are playing, what you enjoy, so we can broaden our collection as well. Yep. And as always, check out our friends at the Board Game Rundown. They have a pretty good show. They like to do weekly topics of random things just like we do. Randomness in the board games is the way that I like to roll. So apparently they <laughs> feel the same way. So yeah, go check them out. They are they drop an episode on Wednesday or something if you're interested. And we've been hearing from a lot of you on Messenger, on our Facebook group, hashtag the riveted, which if you're not a part of it, we would love to hear from you. Our regular Facebook group, our Twitter, our Instagram, and yes, our YouTube. So uh, keep those comments, conversation coming. We love to hear from you guys. Um, we learn a lot of cool stuff. We find out all kinds of things. Um, one of our listeners, Jack, mentioned that Campy Creatures has an app for score tracking. I had no idea. So those are the kind of things we love just to hear from you guys. And we appreciate you so much. Um, and we hope to keep going with more. And I don't know if you guys like top 100s, but it's something we really like to do. So if you don't, um, we'll Too see. Too bad. <laughs> we'll see you in January uh, <laughs> when we change up topics. <laughs> Yep, too bad, too bad, sorry. All right, well, I think that's all we've got. We made it in time. I might even be able to squeak in a nap before our daughter gets off the bus. Yeah, could be, yeah, 20 minutes, you're good. All right, well, I'm getting off here now, so thanks, everybody. <laughs> I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming. <laughs>